Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast, where we explore the diverse set of skills that can be applied across various industries and professions. Each episode will deep dive into the world of transferable skills, discussing topics like communication, problem solving, critical thinking, and more. Join us as we speak with experts in different fields and share stories of individuals who have successfully transferred their skills from one industry to another. Whether you're a recent grad, a mid-career professional, or someone looking to make a career change, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's discover how you can leverage your existing skills to excel in any industry. Welcome to Level Up Academy podcast. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Leland. Tonight's episode, actually, or today, we depending on which country and which nation you are listening to. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, the conversation that we're having today is with Eric. And Eric is a professor in technology, but also a business owner. So he has a little bit of the same thing that I am doing when it comes to leveling up our community. Today, however, before we listen to Eric's story about how he went with his degree and the direction that he's going with is I wanted to give you five elements on how to use gamification in your classroom if you are a professor. The first one is points and reward system. You can create a point system that rewards your students for achieving learning objectives or completing an assignment. For example, you can award points for participating in class discussions completing a homework on time, or achieving a certain grade on a quiz. You can also use these points to offer rewards like extra credit or early access to course materials or other perks. The second one is you can create leaderboards. Use leaderboards to encourage competition among students and motivate them to excel. You can create a leaderboard that tracks the progress of individual students or teams and display it in the classroom on a course website. Students can earn points for completing tasks or achieving goals and also show their progress displayed on the leaderboard for all to see. Just make sure that you don't have any grades in there. Like you can't just put A, B, or C, or D of what you're getting. More like maybe you could create a points at the very beginning, like Everybody who posts on time will get 10 points. Everybody who has a uh, references on the response post can get five points. And if you do both, you get 20 instead of 15 points, something to that effect. But never put any type of personal information about the student's phone number or social security number or grades or anything like that. But make it fun, right? Now, badges and certificates is another way you can create or gamify your class. Create a badge or certificate to reward students for achieving specific learning objectives or mastering certain skills. For example, you can create a badge for completing a certain number of assignments, participating in a class discussion, or achieving a high score in a quiz again, right? These badges and certificates can be displayed on a student's profile or adding a sense of accomplishments and pride and just put it in your announcements. Like, here are the following students who earned the certificate, right? And put like a little uh, badge on their name. You could create an emoji or things like that as a badge. It doesn't have to be super difficult. The, the fourth one is storytelling, 
Use storytelling to create an immersive learning experience for students. You can create a narrative that guides students through the course content and engages them in the learning process. So example can be create a storyline where students are on a quest to solve a mystery and they have to complete assignments and quizzes to uncover clues and solve the case, right? It's more of like on a journey, basically on a hero's journey. Now, the last one I want to talk about is games and simulations. You can incorporate games and simulations into your lessons to make them more engaging and interactive. An example would be you can create a simulation where students run a virtual business or a game where they have to answer questions to advance to the next level. Again, you don't need an app for it. You could just create one like um, an announcement, right? And said, okay, in the discussion board, you can say, hey, here's our game. We, I'm going to put a keyword in the announcement. And if you can find the keyword, um, it will be italicized, you know, this. And you could create a storyline and put an italicies um, a little bit in the middle so they could, you know, find it. And then, you know, the next thing is on your reading, find this keyword within the reading and, and count how many words are in there. Something that basically kind of simulate um, research and simulate the... Uh, having it as a game while they're learning at the same time, right? These games and simulations can help students apply the concepts that the concepts that they've learned in a fun and engaging way. So those are my five tips in terms of gamifying your classroom for student engagement. So here's Eric's interview with me when it comes to his own adversity as a professor and a business owner. Thanks for listening. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland. Today, I have a fellow business owner and also a faculty. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, everybody. My name is Eric Madden. I'm from Ohio, live in Indiana. And uh, like she said, I'm a business owner and faculty member uh, alongside of her. Amazing. So, Eric, can you tell me, I know I'm probably going to be asking a lot here, but can you tell me and sum up your life in the last two decades, 20 years of your life? How did you get here? Where did you start it? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The last two decades. Decades. Okay. Well, initially, I started, I I would say it was, it was exactly two decades ago that I started college. So, I became interested in travel and uh, just wanted to see the world. So I was a musician, started out as a orchestral trumpet major at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, which is roundabout the central part of the state. And uh, soon realized that the, just the, the massive competitive drive that I had had over the years uh, previous to that was kind of dwindling. I was no longer as interested in music as I wanted to be. So it was kind of a matter, and, and it's like, a, it's, it's kind of this way for all, I would say, honestly, I think it's this way for all students. It's my freshman slash sophomore year. I really, really didn't, I, I knew what I wanted to do, but not how to do it for work or whether I needed to do it for work. So my father at the time, I was talking about what, you know, what, um, what should I change my major to? And he said, well, I don't know, but what are you good at? So at that point in time, I had been taking the language German all through middle school and 
high school. I know it very well. I knew it very well. And it was like, okay, so I'll get a degree in linguistics in German. So fast forward five years, finish up a bachelor's degree in linguistics and Germanic studies, studied in Germany for a little while overseas. Um, well, that's where Germany is. <laughs> but, and, and finally finished my bachelor's degree. And this is kind of the point in time where teaching kind of started to spark my interest a little bit. I was um, given the opportunity to pay for some of my classes with a teacher's assistantship. And uh, what I had thought would be me reviewing papers and just talking with my professor that I was really close to, what turned into the professor didn't have enough time. So she kind of handed me the course and said, here, um, I, by school standards, I have to do the grading. I have to review the content and I have to oversee, but it'll be your class. You go in there, you teach it, everything. After, I was very nervous, but after a few weeks of that, it, it kind of sparked, it, it, that really sparked my life as an educator. So moving forward from there, I graduated in 2009 with my bachelor's degree, and it was more or less, okay, let's start looking for jobs. And in the job market out there, in, at least in America, at that time, it was just after our, recession, our 2008 recession, it was difficult. And it was even more difficult that I had a bachelor's degree in a language that almost everybody that would have been hiring me knew English. So the, uh, so the possibility of me moving to Germany and being a linguist for a company or translating documentation, it's not a language that is more difficultly, uh, if that's the word I'm looking for, uh, that is spoken only and solely in its country. I mean, they, in, in Germany, they speak French, they speak English, they, they can speak Italian. They're taught French and English from the age of three, three to six years old. So I, I realized that, okay, nobody needs a translator, and this is not going to be my vehicle for world travel. <laughs> so at that point in time, I thought to myself, okay, should I just look for a random job that the bachelor's degree would give me, or should I do a job that I think I would enjoy? So it, it, through my time through high school and a little bit college, my friends and I enjoyed taking a video camera, and this was back before everything was digital and a camera had tapes in it, um, taking a video camera and making funny things and watching it later. And nobody, nobody actually understood what we were making, except for us. We just ran around doing funny stuff, watched the video, and laughed at it. So that got me to thinking, okay, uh, let's go for a master's degree. So uh, I apply and get in for a master's degree in digital storytelling at the same university, Ball State University, in what was then now, or then the telecommunications department. Now it's called the department, the School of Media. And the focus of that master's study was really a broad spectrum everything media. Students could select web design and work on that. Students could focus on being newscasters. Students could focus on feature film editors, directors, producers. You could focus on television. My focus, again, this draws me back to my original intent. My focus at the time was travel television. So I thought, I want to be Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to travel around the world, eat food, tell people about it, and never stop. So 
I was, in fact, the only student. At, well, first, let me say, in my in that degree program, there was a requirement for a creative and a written thesis. Mm. Unlike most master's degree programs, where it's just a written thesis and it's very long, this was a shorter half half the length thesis. It was about seventy two pages. Which, for anybody listening that doesn't wow. write things, it seems like a lot, but it's actually once you get into the groove, it's not. Yeah. Um, but so. And the creative side of things, we had to do what was called a cultural immersion. I had friends that decided to do a cultural immersion into the drag community and go see drag shows and interview those people. I had friends that wanted to um, be in newscasting, so they decided to go volunteer their time as a camera operator for sports news or volunteer their time working as a production assistant for or, um, a local news network. I had colleagues, classmates, and friends that wanted to focus their time on more pressing, radical, political matters. So I even had one of them even spent six months driving the tar sands pipeline and interviewing people about, uh, basically from a biased perspective, about her, her views that it's, it was wrong. My creative thesis and my cultural immersion was, like I said, again, travel. So I chose to go to Africa, mm. um, South Africa. Wow. And the first time I was there, I spent, uh, during my time as a student, I spent eight weeks piggybacked off the biology department, the wildlife biology department, saw plenty of things, had a, had a whole spiel, a whole goal in mind with the whole thing saw amazing sites, did amazing things, interviewed awesome. It, let me stop you right. Let me stop myself right there. I did not interview anybody. So. Wow. Okay. And this was, this was oh my, my, in my infancy of kind of video production. You were ahead of your time. You should have been just a blogger. Okay. But anyway, continue. I'm I interested. I, this, was, this was realistically before. Blogging, vlogging, yeah. popular, but before podcasts were really hitting the ground, right? But I had such a fun time that I spent all my time shooting fun stuff and forgot to get the stuff that would be the meat and potatoes of the dish. Oh my God. Okay. Um, so I had to go all the way back to Africa six months later. Um, and I spent another three months um, at that point in time going through every place I had been to before and interviewing the people I had met with before. Now, you might say for a college student, you know, are you, Eric, are you a millionaire? Are your parents rich? How did that, how did that funding go? Um, well, there's actually a lot of grants out there for students. Um, so I'd say about half of it, half to three-fourths of it came from grants. And then uh, the other quarter came from uh, my own student loans. But yeah, I was labeled as the student who spent the most money on their cultural immersion and creative <laughs> thesis in the history of the university. Wow. That three-episode television, or I only ended up editing two, that three-episode television series um, ended up costing $55,000. 
Wow. Now to a 26 year old student. That's a lot. Um, yeah, it's a lot um, yeah. for somebody like that. And, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, there were times when I was there where I felt a little bit like royalty. I, I, there was, there was one instance I could think of where we rented out an entire hippo tour. A oh, boat. Wow. It was a, it was a big 120 person boat, kind of like a pontoon. And they took it down the, um, they took it through the wetlands and, uh, did, and, and we saw hippos, um, which by the way, for those people, for those people that don't know, the hippopotamus is the most dangerous and has killed more people than any other animal in the world. So if you're afraid of sharks, don't worry about sharks. <laughs> Hippo is you're where right. to, to put your fears in. Wow. Well, yeah. what is it about being an educator that you enjoy the most after that event? Like now you're done, you're getting your master's and you're like, hmm, I'm going to go back to teaching. Like, what do you enjoy about it? So I'm going to get to that. Okay. Right, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to get to that. So I finished that. Uh, I, fi- I finished that, that whole fun event up. I edited. it. I try and push it out there. PBS doesn't even want it. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm graduating. And, and by the way, in this court case, and in this certain time, I'm sitting there. I, I had uh, accidentally made a miracle of my first child at that point in time. So, oh, of course. So my intention originally was, <laughs> okay, let's move to L.A. and start making TV. But now it's like, okay, i got to stay close to home. So I graduate, and my first actual job came from a buddy who was bartending and met my boss who worked for ITT Technical Institute, and he told him about me, and I was hired as a part-time online teacher for ITT Technical Institute. Um, So you asked what brought me back into it. It was a matter of life of shifting life priorities Mm. at the time. Yeah. So, and, and throughout my master's degree, I took a couple, I took a couple um, substitute teaching jobs within the school, teaching media law and a couple things. So I kind of maintained it. It was always there in the back of my mind. Hey, if, all else fails. Let's just teach. I love colleges. I love the setting. I love the creativity and I love the hope that students have. So let's teach. So fast forward, I go through this promotions. I end up being, being asked to be a department chair of that online department. Then I realized there's a whole politics behind teaching college that I don't enjoy. Yeah, and that politics is somebody having to say, "Sorry, you're kicked out of school yeah. because you got bad grades." And we don't necessarily we we're compassionate, but we know you have issues, and we can't do anything about it. You just need to get good grades. So at that point in time, I'm hired by the Art Institute of Indianapolis for a full time position teaching video production and motion gra- uh, and media uh, media arts and. Uh, 3D animation and all that kind of stuff. Fast forward five years later, and here's where we're getting to the getting to the meat of the story and why it got why education is important to me. Five years later, I am laid off along with every other employee in the entire nation because of a bankruptcy in yeah. the company. Yeah. In private, it was a private school. That first six months after being laid off. I was 
I came down with actual depression. I had never been depressed in my life. I was sad. I was crying. I had teach. I had students, my former students, saying, "I can't believe this happened. You're the most amazing teacher I've ever had." Uh, all this and everything, and it was just like, "Oh my gosh!" My actual first job in my life at the time I was 32, maybe my first job in my life where I was passionate about what I was doing. It wasn't just for money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what has really pushed me forward into where, kind of where I am now. So. Wow. That does. It pivots you. I think being a father also gives you that that push and responsibility that you're not just feeding yourself and you can't just go back to Africa for a second time because you forgot to ask questions the first time. Oh, my God. If that was my parents, they would be like, no, you messed up. Forget it. You're going to have to do something without it. Call them whatever you got to do. Zoom, whatever, you know, like that would be I don't know if Zoom was actually available then, but that would be something. Right. Yeah. And and that is guts. That is guts that you, you did that. But what is your favorite thing that you have learned from your student? Like, especially, you know, you love and you have passion for your students and then you got laid off. Like, what is the what is your favorite thing about teaching that you've learned from them? I would, but I, I, I think I might say that for that, it's the humility that education can give you. And by meaning is, you may get some brand new teachers that walk in thinking, oh, I'm, I'm cream of the crop. I, I, I run this room. This is my room. I, I, I know everything. You know nothing. And I think every teacher can kind of relate to that in their first teaching experience they really feel like well i'm the expert here but you learn so much more from your students and the actions you take to just get the job done then you would actually and this is crazy a lot of people say you know you either teach if, if you either do or you teach if you can't do then you teach um, and it's a derogatory thing towards professors. It is. But the, the, the key of it is, is I have friends that are in the media world, in the world that, that, I, that I've worked in, who have been stuck in technology, stuck in, stuck in their ways. And as an educator, that humility of accepting, okay, a student here can say, come in with a Google search or come in with their own knowledge and say, how about we try this? As a teacher, you really have to take in and absorb that information. And I believe that it is not a lecture hall filled with 100 students listening to somebody. Mm -mm. It is a collaborative effort for everyone to incorporate themselves and understand that we're all part of this. Yep. Um, So taking what what I take away from my teaching experience is that, that, you know, I, I, I'm not a knowing. No, and actually, nothing can teach me something. Right. So. I could never, I've never actually taken that stance of like, I'm the expert. I know, I know it all. Every single time I'm on ground teaching or online teaching, I'm always actually a little bit nervous because most of my demographics um, right now, especially with my full-time job teaching is, military and 
two, three mm-hmm. decades master chief military. Like they're yeah. high there, right? How can you tell them I'm an expert of leadership? Give me a break, right? Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. when you have that thought, you can't. So actually I get excited that I get to have experiential learning. I actually think of myself as an advanced student. I like to read, I like to research. I don't know everything and anything that way. When it comes to my military students, I love them because I learn chain of command, leadership, autocratic style. They're the best people that can tell you that based on experience and no longer a theory. So that's one thing I love about it. Now, I know that we talked about it, side note, in terms of you having a business. How is your business related to what you're doing as a teacher right now? It actually, it relates in a sense of that is the doing part person. It's the teaching part. So that's how my business relates in that sense. And it's a matter, it, it's it's called uh, Madden Media Works. And the MaddenWorks.com is the website. And that's W-O-R-K-S, not W-O-R-X, like the, uh, like the young people like to put that down. <laughs> um, so MaddenWorks.com. Um, and, and that business is concentrated, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there for, for drone, flying drones and shooting and editing video and photo content with that. But it's concentrated around an all-encompassing media aspect. So, like, for instance, I am, uh, within the business, we are currently putting together a website for a, uh, believe it or not, former master sergeant of the Army, a female veteran who's 71, 72 years old. Amazing. And decided she wanted to open up her own business making arts and crafts and benefit and sell those arts and crafts off to benefit or uh it's a non-profit benefiting uh ptsd so we've got that in our books we've got stuff with stuff with shooting um doing inspections and analyzations with drones i we create commercial content or um, video content for advertising anything you can think of media we do it now, where this comes into play with education is I can utilize it. For instance, I'm teaching an intro to design, basically, of what it is, but graphic design. Um, so I can utilize that experience in which I may create a graphic for a company or create an intro animation or a icon for a web page. And I can utilize that experience and bring that in. And students tend to, from what, I, from what my experience is, the students nowadays tend to thrive on tangible, visible examples. Mm-hmm. Something that's like, hey, you know. You're How can I a, follow it? Yeah. Yeah. You're not a 75-year-old man using the same note cards. Yeah. That you've had for the past 30 years because it's an English lit course that never changes. Yeah. Yeah. So, And that's my topic of teaching is media. So I love it. And I, I'm I, maybe I will take one of your course when it comes to I fly a small baby drone. And, but my husband does has the DJI Mavic 3 and I have the little baby one. I think mine's old. I love flying drones around my neighborhood. I'm like, hey, I didn't know there's a new building there. Hey, I didn't know there was a lake there. Like, I love it. It's just so amazing. But FAA, you know, they have their own regulations where I live and and I'm in heavily residential area. So I try to go to a park or nearby. But I did fly in my house just to see, okay, how many houses do we really have in this neighborhood? And I love flying drones. So that actually is super exciting. Now, I have to ask you if... This is a hypothetical, but it could be real because I do have people who are listening who might be an investor. 
if money is not an object and people who's going to help you is unlimited and say, hey, Eric, can you create a project? What project would that be without limits? And would you want to be known for that project? Gotcha. This is a big up in the air, crazy thing. So start with the reason why I would create this project, then I'll get to the project. I am currently waiting, awaiting the uh, acceptance in Indiana University for a PhD in um, instructional systems technology. I wholeheartedly believe and want to build an educational tool that will give its user an experience of real life. Real life, in course, in person, but not in person, everything. Between metas, Metaverse and between ChatGPT and between AI content and who knows out there that when we're going to have a classroom with one person standing in it and a hundred holograms in chairs. Mm-hmm. But I wholeheartedly believe that the world of education that we are in now is a jumbled toolbox mess of mm. everything that we have. And nobody has put together a really good singular location utilize every possible future, every possible technology. And it is my ambition to be a professor, yes. But if I were to incorporate this into my business, into a moneymaker, into a even a nonprofit type thing, yep. it would be the ability to come up, it would be having a team with the know-how and the knowledge, the coding knowledge, it, the, the, the visual knowledge, the, the design and creative, creative knowledge, the educational knowledge, to really put together an all-encompassing, well-managed learning management system. We have Canvas. We had Blackboard. I don't even know if that's still around. I don't we think have, so. <laughs> yeah. We have Brightspace. We have Docebo. We have all of these things. And they're really, some of them are, some of them are really well done, but some of them are a jumbled mess of click to an outside link, click to an outside link, click to an outside link. Yeah. My daughter, my, and and, and this is, this is also, this would be something that could be used in corporate, in the corporate world for employee education in, in many different aspects. My daughter, 11 year old, sixth grade uses canvas for her classes, but also uses this link to do her math work and this link to watch videos. And then she's in person and then she's this. And it's like, okay, back before the internet, yeah, we had books and papers and teachers. We sat down. Yep. We did our work. Yep. And the biggest technology we had were calculators that we could play games on. That was it. Yeah. We don't even, I don't uh, even remember playing games on a calculator. <laughs> like, I don't even remember that. Yeah. 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 TI 83. <laughs> you, you, you can hack into the code and add games to it. 
Oh, wow. Um, just the two little digital lines. But, but nowadays, education has become so massive in the world around us that it is no longer, okay, sit down and watch this pre, pre-taped video as a new employee. We're going to shove a tape. You're going to sit in the conference room for three hours and watch all of our training videos. No, it's, uh, well, you're going to need to get on the job portal or the training portal and do this training here and then this training here and then this training here. And, oh, by the way, you got to go here for this certification. And the same goes for, the same goes for um, higher education in universities. Now, it's how do we take this conglomerate inf- of information and put it together into one amazing thing that can evolve? Yeah. So if I had all the money in the world, not only would I do this from a beach in Bali, but I would do this. Not Africa, huh? For, for <laughs> everybody. No, Africa is amazing. Mm. Africa is amazing. But I, it's a matter of, you know, we're entering a world where things just. Yeah. Technology has evolved so quickly, so fast. It's not even funny. But I'm. Can, yeah. Be understood by everybody. Yeah. Be understood by it's just, it's I mean, a lot. There are cameras being released right now that shoot in 12K. Yeah. 12K. We don't even have TV All for that. TVs just got 4K. Yeah. Like, like, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No. I know. I, I don't even know why there's like 60 megapixels on your computer. I'm like, what, what are you going to do? Put a billboard of a bird? Like, seriously. Um, it's just crazy how those technology is so fast, but not enough support for it. Now, my last yeah. question is. What makes you feel inspired? Honestly, what makes me feel inspired? When people come to me with problems that aren't consistently in-laws or family members because they just come to me with problems all the time. <laughs> I'm known as the tech guy in the families. Yeah. So anytime the printer breaks down, I'm, I have to be there, even though I haven't used a printer in 15 years. But when people come to me with problems or a political um, stance or a social stance or or they want to learn something or they have an idea on how education should be all of those things it I thrive and get excited talking about how education how politics how social interactions are all coming together in the same thing and helping those people understand my point of view as well hearing their point of view and taking more knowledge in for myself. So really the discussion of education and the discussion of learning and the discussion of technology and that is something that I am more passionate about than anything else in the world. Otherwise I wouldn't be getting a PhD in it. Yeah. Ultimately most, most of the time ultimately only lead to me being a professor, but it could lead to me networking and finding people and, bringing this whole big project together that I was talking about, uh, just some massive yeah. artificial intelligence I'm, I'm, that auto-changes things. I'm so. going to be on that boat because I, I would love to. My classes that I create and course curriculum for Level Up Academy actually incorporates week five of the metaverse. Um, I take them all in the metaverse. We walk around and I have... Uh, certain showcase on each room that I create and I create a little beach area, a little bar area on the metaverse and play games, you know, while we're in there. And it's an amazing space. And I think people should know and learn about it because that is the future. 
um, if you really want to get into that future, right? So it's some people are like, I don't want to know about it. And that's okay, too. You'll be like the blockbuster of our century, not the Netflix or anything like that. So thank yeah. you so much for your time today. Is there anything else or last minute information that you would like our listeners to know about where to find your business and what you're passionate about? Where can they find you? Um, so you can find me and, uh, it contacts me directly, um, at maddenworks.com and that's my business phone number on there is my, my personal cell phone number. The email on there goes directly to my cell phone as well. I would just have to, I would just have to say, Hey, you know, life is way too short to debate and confuse and just live in the moment, so to say of the mass craziness that is our news media and our social networking and everything. So as an educator, as a media expert, remember that the, the world is out there for you and all you have to do is ask. That's all I can say. One of the biggest, if we have any students listening, don't pay attention to media. The world is out, out there for you and all you have to do is ask. So... Yeah, especially ChatGPT now. You, you can ask definitely. Yeah, Bard. Bard is Which, coming. By the, way, by the way, I use that every single day for my regular full-time job. Yes, technically I have three jobs. So every single day for my regular full-time job. So. Amazing. There you go. There's another tip for you, right, from Eric. Well, thank you so much for today. I appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to Level Up Academy podcast today. I hope you found this episode engaging and inspiring. We are open for consultation. We have classes and also we have free workshop monthly. Check us out at luabydocleland.com. If you would like your business to be highlighted, please email me at lua at leveluppbydocleland.com. L-U-A at L-E-V-E-L-U p-y-d-o-c-l-e-y-l-a-n-d.com until next time stay connected and inspired